Hello and welcome to the Viva Wellness Podcast. My name is Jarrell. I'm Rachel. Thank you for joining us. We hope you are continuing to stay healthy and sane during this crazy time. And thank you for choosing us as a way to be entertained. <laughs> Hopefully. We are obviously still in the middle of pandemic life. Is that a hashtag yet? Probably should be. I don't know. Probably. But we are still living in very strange times. And I still don't think people have really figured out how to be our best selves during this time, if that's even possible. Mm. So our topic today is fun and also, I think, really relevant to the time we're living in because it's just another way to ground you and make you feel a little less crazy. Mm -hmm. So we're going to talk about books, music, movies, TV shows, basically media that has made an impact on your life. Mm -hmm. And one, obviously that's fun to talk about because we asked for stories and we got a few that we're going to share with you from our social media audience. And it's really obvious to see how these things make an impact and become really meaningful to us. But because of that, this is also a really good way to just ground yourself back to reality, back to yourself, remembering who you were before you weren't allowed to leave the house. And, you know, we just want to give you some warm fuzzies and some feels. So we were going to talk a little bit more about why these things become so significant, why they matter. We're going to share our stories. And then we're going to share a few stories that we got from people who were very nice to share their stories with us when we asked. Mm -hmm. So like I was saying earlier, it's important just because it grounds us and it can be used to express our emotions when it's difficult to do so. Yeah. So actually earlier this week, it's funny because we decided this was going to be the podcast episode for this week and all of these thoughts of this kept coming up. I was on the train coming back from a medical appointment and this was a necessary medical appointment to anyone who's going <laughs> to shaming me, like don't even try. Right. But the whole situation with taking the train just really, I didn't like it. I haven't liked it since I've had, had to start going. Luckily I'm done. But I found myself without even intentionally doing this. I started seeking out songs from like 10 years ago that were just reminiscent of times like going out with friends in the city or vacations or whatever and that's what I was listening to mm. and I put a like pause on myself and said oh wow this makes so much sense because like in this world where I'm like scared to touch anything on the train I want to go back to that place where we were just out in the city and it was no big deal and you mm. could touch other people and so even without paying attention to it, music brought me back to a more secure place and made me smile in a time where otherwise I just wasn't happy at all. Mm -hmm. So I think that's something people use a lot, even without knowing it, yeah. whether it's for to elicit positive emotions or, you know, to help you cry or mm -hmm. to be angry or to release anger. I'm thinking of Linkin Park as I say this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and I think it's a really helpful tool that people have been using probably without even realizing it. Yeah. Uh, and I actually I had a conversation with some clients about this who are like in the arts and, and creative. Um, obviously a lot of, a lot of those people are struggling right now because that was one of the first things to go is sort of like the performing arts and, and things like that. But it is true that 
you know, there are a few things that we turn to in moments of crisis and they often tend to be food, uh, other people and the arts. Um, and so I think that there's a lot of space for it to help us cope, help us work through things, help us escape. Um, and, you know, uh, all the creative kind of fields have certainly been that for me. So I think that, um, yeah, I think it's just really meaningful to honor the role that this, these different types of media has played in our lives. Yeah, and especially now where mm -hmm. everything is crazy, mm -hmm. I think it's something where it's helpful to everybody's looking for all of these new things to do, which can be fun. I like new things. Yeah. But if you're feeling particularly crazed on a given day or week or month or throughout this entire process, I would suggest returning to those things that really mean something to you, mm -hmm. whether that's binge watching a TV show you've seen hundreds of times or a movie or, you know, really focusing on listening to a particular band or artist or music from a time in your life. Uh, books, anything that can elicit that feeling because it's comfortable. Even the things that help you elicit some more difficult emotions still feel like coming home in some type of way. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a lot of what people need right now is to remember that life existed before this. Yeah. And then it becomes easier to imagine that life is going to exist after this. Like we are yeah. more than this moment. Yeah. And all of those things that we mentioned, arts, media, whatever, can bring us back to that time in a way I think it's not as easy to get to by ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. So Jarell, I'm gonna put you on the spot and you're gonna go first. Okay. What is a book, um, I was gonna say a music, that's not- <laughs> A music. That's not how we speak. A book, a movie, a TV show, music, anything that has changed your life or have had a meaningful impact on you, you should share at least two things. I was like, I have several things. I was going to say, I'm like, just in case you had one prepared and thought that was going to be sufficient, I'm no. going to cut that off right now. No, no, <laughs> I, have, I have several things because, you know, like that's, these things have always been like a very significant part of my life. And um, so I guess I'll start with, um, this one's kind of a combo, actually. So it is, it's a movie, but it was also a game. And uh yeah, so... Clue! Of, yeah, exactly. <laughs> when you know uh, the answer, it's hard not to hit the buzzer. Yeah. Um, so, like, when I was a kid, I used to play Clue with, like, a, a friend of mine. I don't even know. I'm pretty sure he had it. Like, his family owned it. But I kind of remember playing at my house, which, I don't know, kind of strange. I don't know. Um, but I remember the first time, like, just the feeling of playing it early on and I thought it was the coolest game you know and for those of you who are, uh, who are uninitiated Clue is this board game where um uninitiated wow okay what <laughs> I said uninitiated wow okay yeah. uninitiated um, <laughs> I was kind of muttering that to myself a little bit but I forgot we were recording and people could hear me yeah so I was thinking funny too but yeah. I was trying to do it like quietly so you didn't hear but yeah and aside if you will yeah um but yeah, so it's like this, it's this game where you basically, it sounds very morbid, but, and it kind of is, but basically like someone gets murdered and that's the foundation and of the game. fun merriment was had by all. <laughs> yes, funny merriment was had by all. So the premise is that someone's murdered and you have to solve the murder and it's a board game. So you have to visit different locations in a mansion, Mr. Body's mansion. Um, and 
basically it's like the process of elimination of clues. So you have to guess which room the murder took place in with what weapon and by which character. And so you kind of move about the board um, and you like, uh, you eliminate options as time goes on because everyone has certain cards uh, that they have to go on, but the three cards that tell you who did it, where, and with what are hidden in a, a confidential file in the middle of the board. Uh, so you have to guess, uh, and you know, it's a whole thing. It's a pretty long game, but I always loved it as a kid, and I always thought it was so much fun. And so, you know, that turned into just like a love for mystery novels, thrillers, etc., which persist to this day. But there was a movie adaptation that was uh, created, I think it was in the 90s, maybe, um, of, uh, of the game. It was called Clue and starred Tim Curry, which is, you know, A1, one of the best. So funny and campy and ridiculous. And like it even has alternate endings, which also makes it so good and funny. Uh, so if you can find it, I highly recommend the movie. If you like campy, fun, uh, mystery kind of stuff, it's just a great one. And I might actually just watch it now that I'm talking about it. I'm like, I'm going to watch it tonight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it was one of my favorites. And just because it takes me, it reminds me of childhood, right? It reminds me of just playing and having fun with that. And just this area and this genre that has always just been super interesting to me and trying to figure out like why people do the things they do and like what this, the mystery of it all has always been really intriguing and fun to me. So yeah, that's a pretty big one for me. Are we alternating? That Should would I probably go? be better. Yeah, so you don't want to talk for <laughs> like 10 minutes at a time. Right, okay. so that's one for me. Okay. Twofer, if you will. I was going to say like one and a half. Yeah. All right. I had to start with the obvious one. Mm -hmm. So, and also is his birthday. This was not planned. However, the ultimate music that has changed my life is Billy Joel. Mm -hmm. Happy birthday, Billy. Also a Taurus. Hey. Oh, hey. I was like, no, I, I don't know what day yep. it is. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I was like, no, it's January. I don't even know what day I thought it was. But it's actually really weird and probably inaccurate to say that his music changed my life because that would imply there was ever a time in which it was not present in my right. life. Right. And I mean that in literally the most straightforward sense that you could mean that. Yeah. Parents typically sing these basic lullabies to their kids. I try to think of an example. I can't, but- Twinkle, twinkle. Is that a lullaby? Yeah. Okay. So like things like that, right? Like baby songs. Yeah. Um, my mother sang Billy Joel. For people who are somewhat at least familiar with his music, We Didn't Start the Fire is a very long, complicated. It's like such a strange song. Like just, it's well, not a typical pop song. <laughs> like, so like fun story that I'll tell you, but like I knew the lyrics to this song when I was four. Um, like, because any normal toddler does. And my favorite part, actually, now looking back on it, someone should have probably, like, put me in some type of mental health treatment. To get assessment. Yeah. Yeah. I really, really love to scream JFK blown away. In the <laughs> <heart>. <laughs> I 
<laughs> I don't know why. That was like my favorite part of the song. And it's said with fervor, you know. It is. And yeah. my mother is listening to this and she's going to text me all offended. But she used to encourage it. Like she'd sing and then she'd get to that part and then like point at me so I could sing my favorite part. It's which so disturbing. Way, right, which in a way is supportive, but at the same time, it's like your child is enthusiastically wrong <laughs> about someone being shot. So I don't right. know. Maybe Amazing. Anyway, this is how long this has gone on for. And even to this day, I firmly believe there is a Billy Joel song for every occasion in one's life. Mm-hmm. And it just anytime I need music, his music is usually what I turn to. Seen mm-hmm. him in concert several times. They are some of the best memories of my life. Um, one of the times I cried hardest in public was hearing New York State of Mind for the first time in Madison Square Garden. Mm. Because I waited a very long time to see him play actually in New York. And so, yeah, that's, I don't know. I can't imagine life without his music. And it, this feels like a very fitting tribute on his birthday. So yeah. this was, again, not intentionally timed, but it worked out. Yeah. Um, so I guess I'll, I'll jump in with a, a music one, uh, which there are just so many, actually. Um, but one I've been thinking more about lately, especially as I've been feeling a little bit more angsty, um, as you were talking about, like going back to things that, you know, you listen to in a different part of your life. Um, so one of my favorite albums, which it just came at such an important part of my life, which I, I discovered from a friend, uh, Megan, if you are listening, thank you. Hi, Megan. Uh, um, but hi. <laughs> um, in high school, I think it was high school. Yeah. Um, so Incubus, which is like a rock alt band um ish uh released uh morning view which is a great album um and so many of the songs i really really like but one of them is really special and so i just wanted to highlight this one and people would not be surprised if you actually heard it uh why i would like it (laughs) so it's i think it's the last song of the album uh it's called aqueous transmission and wow what a name yeah well it's it's a it's quite the song um it's really like if you were to merge like music and just like ambient soundscapes this is what this would be like so it's like very meditative very fluid um very like natural and kind of soft and rhythmic it's just really nice and so it was one of those songs that i used to find a lot of refuge in if I was going through something difficult, it kind of helped recenter me and bring me back to like normal, quote unquote. Um, I even did a project on it in graduate school, actually. Um, Which class? Oh yeah, you weren't in this class. Uh, it was a spirituality and counseling theory. You're right, I was not. Yeah. <laughs> so it was very fitting and appropriate. Um, but yeah, and so yeah it's just this really cool song it it ends with like a minute plus of just like frogs sounds and it's so beautiful um frogs yeah frogs like the amphibian yeah the amphibian f-r-o-g yeah okay yeah i told you it's a song (laughs) it's it's an i mean song actually doesn't accurately capture it it's like it's it's a bit of an experience and um yeah, so it's something that's always been very soothing to me, very grounding to me. And like being in high school and stressed the F out, 
um, thinking about the future, thinking about relationships and trying to work through all that. Like that album was great, but also that song in particular, just so beautiful and warm and peaceful. So yeah, definitely a game changer. Funny story is you mentioned that you did a project on this in grad school. Mm. So in, I want to say ninth grade, very different than grad school. Mm. We had in our English class this assignment where we were supposed to write about and present in front of the class our song of self. Mm. So now keep in mind, people are 14. Right. So people's song of self at that point is like, I can't even remember what year that is, but like this was right around the sync Backstreet Boys kind oh, of yeah. time. Yeah, okay, so this is what my classmates are coming up with. I go up there with Billy Joel's All About Soul. Right. Which, which if you heard weird. that song is like really yeah. deep, generally, especially for a 14 year old. Right. And my class didn't really know what to do with that. So right. I kind of wish I got the opportunity to do that <laughs> in grad school where people were grown people and could have appreciated. Right. Okay. Right. Someone's like bumping like Mandy Moore's candy. Right. And, like, <laughs> and you're like, so this is, this is me. And they're like, what is going on? Right. Luckily, I was like very uppity and was like, fine, whatever. Nobody appreciates this. I appreciate this. Right. Very nice. Um, So I will transition to a book, just Mm -hmm. so we're not all in the music world. I read The Happiness Project. Mm -hmm. I was, again, I don't know what day it is. I was going to say a year ago, two years ago, three years years ago. ago. What year is it? 2022. No, no. But before, well, late. Three years ago. 2017. Yeah, but late 2017, no? Mid. Okay. Summer. It's May. Okay. Okay. So mid-ish, 2017, I read The Happiness Project. And I don't even remember why I decided to read it other than I think I just heard it was good. And But I read it and there was this part in it that asked about what you would do if you could be doing anything right? Money wasn't an object. There was no barriers. Like, what would you be doing? Mm -hmm. And she talked about that in terms of figuring out like what you can tangibly do. Mm -hmm. And at the time I wasn't really happy with my job, but I didn't really know for that had probably gone on for almost a year Mm -hmm. where that feeling in between where you're like with anything, maybe people have experienced this, not just work, but where, you know, you don't like where you are, but you're not really sure where to go. Mm -hmm. You kind of just hang out because, you know, maybe some people are independently wealthy and can just quit their job. I could not. But I read this part of the book and then I went on a long run. We, I was training for the New York City Marathon with my friend Amanda. Hey, Amanda. Who we were talking about, I don't remember how we got on this topic, but I, we were talking about just general work and she had been in a period of transition and I told her this idea for what eventually became Viva Wellness. And she just looked at me and was like, why aren't you doing that? Mm-hmm. And that conversation coupled with the book, I was like, I have no idea why I'm not doing this. So this is, speaks to the power of both literature and also marathon training runs. <laughs> had to sneak that in there. Right, yeah. I recommend the book if anybody wants to read it as well. Yeah. Um, so co- connecting with the book and like talking about power, one of the books that was most transformative for me was The Power of Now. Oh, uh, that's so you. Well, yeah. There's a, <laughs> there's a theme here that my suggestions are about No, me. but just like, my God, the alternative title to that would be This Book is for Jarrell, but... <laughs> 
I try not to actually I try not to recommend it that often because it like it is it's so like meta and like it can be very intellectual like I had to slow down to read it like a lot so in other words you're not recommending this book to me no I am not recommending this book to you for people who don't know me I my freshman year of college had a loud argument with my philosophy professor and left the class. I came back the next week, but I left that day. So yeah, that's why that's a very yeah. thing. So like if, if ambiguity and like <laughs> the nebulousness of the present moment and the universe is difficult for you, probably not going to have a lot of fun reading this book. <laughs> um, but I, I really did find it transformative. I was, you know, like traveling a lot when I read it. And it, I don't know, it, it's, it really informs, actually, it kind of kickstarted this whole process of being interested in mindfulness and meditation for me. Um, being centered in the present moment um, it helped, it really gave me that as a gift. And I think part of the experience that I had just reading the book and having to slow down really helped me start to see the power of that. Um, and being able to digest and consume this information so intentionally, uh, it was really nice for me. And I think um, it, you know, to this day, like those principles are things that I incorporate every day. Um, there are, it informs some of my practice as a therapist and yeah, I just think it's an awesome, awesome book. A little different than The Happiness Project. Well, maybe aimed toward the same goal. That's fair. Yeah, but right. very different approach. Very different approaches. For sure. Um, how many more do you have? Um, I could have an... I could, I mean, movies I could talk about all day. I know, we're not going to do that. <laughs> so, cool. I could probably have another one. Okay, because I was going to say, I have one and a half more. I don't feel very strongly about sharing the second one, so we'll just do one more. Okay. So, my other music one, uh, music obviously has the most impact of all of these things, if you haven't guessed by now, is not so much an artist or a song, but just like this genre and group of songs and music. So for me in high school, there is this, I don't even want to call it like punk rock because real, I'm putting this in quotes, punk rock fans are going to, I'm going to mm. get these like angry DMs about how good Charlotte and Newfound Glory are not punk. Okay, fine. Mm. Pop punk, fake punk, whatever you want to call it. Mm. But bands like Newfound Glory and Good Charlotte and Less Than Jake and just anything that you could possibly think of would be in that category that I feel like we're pretty popular for a really short period of time if you happen to be in high school in just the early 2000s. Mm -hmm. After that, I don't Gone. think- Right. Disappeared. It was a very short moment of time. I randomly, on a, on a related note, I randomly thought about Hoobastank last night. That's weird. Yep, like the song, a song just popped into my head and I was just like, oh. So it's actually funny because that will also illustrate, which song, by the way? Is, didn't they sing The Reason? Yeah, they did. That's yeah. what you were going to say. Yeah, yeah. So that actually just really illustrates the extensiveness of what I'm saying because Hoobastank was not a favorite band of mine. Mm. But you say Hoobastank and I have a very distinct memory that is still an ongoing joke mm -hmm. with a friend um, to Hoobastank's Out of Control. 
Okay. I don't know if you heard it, but like no. a great song. It's not that great of a song, but I mean they weren't that great. So no, not so much. <laughs> but it, it illustrates that this whole like genre time of music was just so ingrained in all of my high school memories mm. and all of those experiences at that time, which that was I want to say the last two ish around their years of high school were some of the best years of my life even mm. now that I'm definitely no longer in high school or anywhere close to that mm. so it's just the time that like brings me back for a lot of positive memories and it's still music I listen to today where I'm just like yeah I'll turn on some less than Jake like don't judge me mm-hmm. and it's just interesting and I've just always loved how much those things have stuck because it's very different than like a Billy Joel where Billy Joel's legendary he is a Hall of Fame artist, and if you dislike Billy Joel, like, you're just wrong. I would not say that about Good Charlotte, for mm-hmm. example, but yet somehow that music had such significance and was tied to so many positive experiences that it just still stuck all these years later, and so it just makes me smile to listen to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um so I have a lot, I mean, I have a lot of music and movies, but I'll just continue my Tim Curry theme and go with another movie um, and offer up the Rocky Horror Picture Show um, because that was actually really transformative for me too. Um, also brought to me by a friend. I never really heard of it, even though I had done a little bit of theater uh, in high school. Yeah, so Rocky Horror Picture Show starring Tim Curry um is who is just Tim Curry? I have to stop who huh? is Tim Curry <laughs> Do I don't know, if, know Tim Curry? I, I don't know if you have a reference for Tim Curry okay I mean he's been in a lot of things so I would have to like deep dive yeah on how you might know him maybe get back to me on this I had no idea that Tim Curry was such an important presence in your life so I feel like I need to have someone yeah. who Tim Curry is All right. yeah um super super talented anyway um so Rocky Horror Picture Show uh for is a musical it is probably the strangest musical (laughs) uh but i was exposed to it freshman year of college pretty sure my friend toya was responsible for that hi toya i actually know her yeah you do (laughs) you do know her um but i remember watching that and like uh in our dorm like freshman year for the first time and just being like obsessed um you know, it just has like uh, all this commentary on like gender and sexuality and expression and like great songs, super campy, just so entertaining, so good and weird and lovely. So it kind of like the the meaning for it for me was like it was one of the times, maybe one of the real first times where I saw this sort of like expansive idea of like gender and sexuality and like desire being explored in a way that was really accessible to me. And so it really kind of helped inform like this idea of like freedom and liberation with that kind of stuff. And so it's it's a really wonderful movie for that reason. Um, it's obviously also a play, but yeah, if you're interested in those sorts of things, I recommend it. Um, yeah, it's really cool and weird. And I have heard that if you see it, I was going to say live, but that's not accurate. In the theater, you get to throw toast at the screen. Yes. I have not, I've never done that. Um, 
but yeah, apparently there are like live uh, live showings of the film in which people dress up. It's a big thing that used to happen quite often, especially in the city. Um, and you know, like there are certain things that you have to do while you're watching the movie. Like there's a scene where there it's raining and you have to pretend that it's raining and put newspaper over your head like the characters do, or you know, throw toast at the screen. Yeah. It's, it's really weird. <laughs> Which for me though sounds fun and also like what a offensive waste of bread. I mean, there's that, yeah. Maybe you have to use like Wonder Bread or something. <laughs> I have to use a bread I would not want to eat because otherwise not why am I wasting these perfectly good carbs right now? Yeah. Seems just really offensive. Yeah. So we also want to read a few of the stories you submitted. Thank you. Um, we picked three. And we're going to keep them anonymous because people kind of had differing opinions on that. And so if you hear your story, feel free to let everyone know that it is yours. And also <laughs> thank you for sharing. Yeah. So the first one that I will read says, this might sound silly, but the book that changed my life is The Giving Tree. My dad who passed away used to read it to me as a kid. And whenever I need to connect with him again, I read it to myself and pretend he's still with me reading it too. I got a little emotional when That's I read lovely. that. I have, to, I have to say, I was like, okay, I thought we were going to get it something like fun. We did not start off that way. Yeah. Um, actually, I realized we got more than three responses, but I picked these, and I feel like it really just speaks to where I am personally. Because I, as I say, like, oh, I thought I was going to just get a fun one. I'm like, mm. no, they're all like really like meaningful and you know emotional. Like sobering. Yeah. yeah, not also bring. One of them is really fun. I just yeah. liked it. Gotcha. I read The Bear by Andrew Kravak a few months ago. It's like a fairy tale in a way, so that connects me to the inner child. It's also about grief, which I was going through, and it really helped. Lastly, it's about isolation and survival because it's set far in the future, and right now it's more believable that such a thing could occur. Thankfully, there are stunning imagery and beauty of nature, too. Hmm. So it's called The Bear. Yes. Okay, like B-E-A-R. Yes, like uh, grr, not right. naked. <laughs> or like, I also thought you might have said the bearer. Oh, like someone no, who bears things. Yeah, no, yeah. bear, uh, like yogi. Yeah. And the last one, this one was personally my favorite just because I got a really great image from it. Music was big in my house growing up, but my aunt's favorite was Whitney Houston. She would sing all of her songs at the top of her lungs, even though she wasn't very good at it. <laughs> I just had the thought. I was like, oh, but that could go very wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Hearing her music still makes me smile to this day, picturing my aunt dance dancing around in her sweats, making everyone sing along with her. I don't know. I just picture this, like, very joyous older woman holding a mop for some reason, like, dancing mm. while she's cleaning, and then sticking the mop in people's faces to make them sing too, and it was mm. just, it was just happy. I just enjoyed that. Mm -hmm. So, if that your story please tell your aunt I'd love to meet her and I will also sing Whitney Houston poorly with her <laughs> you know it's what what like and I you know I didn't see any of the other responses but I think um it is they were shorter and not as like feelsy there was there were good answers just yeah give you an insight into the picking process there were a few others that were submitted that were good answers um some people said something but didn't say why and so I felt like mm -hmm. that would just leave more people qu with questions than answers sure and these were my favorite just because I feel like you just get such a clear idea of how important the work was for them. Mm -hmm. um, not to minimize anyone else who was just like, 
this was just a fun song. Yeah. But it's just so meaningful. And it's funny too, like speaking of things like this coming to mind after we decided to record this podcast episode. Mm. For anyone who is a Peloton user with the actual bike, not the app, um, or if you're making your own like makeshift bike, you can use it too. But there is a 45 minute 80s ride from Ali Love that was recorded or released, I don't know what, how they date them, on September 8th, 2019. And all of the songs she chose were submitted by writers with a reason why that song was significant to them. Oh, so cool. I alternated this morning between like crying over people's stories to like really having a party. It ended with proud Mary and like a prayer. So it's not all wow. emotional, like, that was a good time. Yeah. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's just so beautiful to see how these works of art in whatever form they take just have such a strong meaning for people. Yeah. And it is really interesting. It seems like most when posed with this question, most people tend to think farther back. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? It's like mm -hmm. that there's a tendency to think about a really different time, like a, a really different physical time. Um, as opposed to just like a different emotional time. I just think that's yeah. interesting. I think it is similar to just the importance we put on heirlooms or not even necessarily just heirlooms, but just items that we have, you know, like blankets mm -hmm. that we had from childhood that somehow we still have when we're an adult or this thing that moved with you all through mm -hmm. college and then all through your early 20s and you still have, even if it wasn't, particularly significant at the time mm -hmm. it became significant just because of how long yeah. it's been with you yeah like that might have a lot to do with it of like anything I wrote a blog post about this I'm just remembering there's really something beneficial about the things that stick with you even as you and your life change so much mm -hmm. and you know so maybe in 10 years, five years, we'll be talking about, hey, this movie got me through the coronavirus mm -hmm. pandemic, and so now I love it. And so, yeah, I think it's just, there's a lot of power in things that at, even as life changes, these things don't change. Yeah. It's like, well, I think it's a, there could be like that security piece, right? Of like, there was this, this thing or this experience that was like solidified at the specific moment of the time. But as you also kind of hinted at, I think maybe it also things like get imbued with other meaning as you move throughout life, right? Or like it gets more nuanced, you know, like the even just the idea of like comfort changes as you get older, right? And so um, maybe it becomes more necessary in some ways as you're exposed to more things, more challenges, more difficulties, all that sort of stuff. So it is interesting to think about like, and I'm just curious like how our meaning, the meaning that we attach to things changes over time, even while we still consider and have always considered that thing significant for us. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I think to it, you know, when you talk about a movie or an artist, you know, something rather than just like one specific song or mm -hmm. something that like has different pieces of nuance to it. It's funny what becomes significant to you and what you notice as you're in different stages of your mm -hmm, life. Mm -hmm. I know that when I've watched TV shows again, mm -hmm. um, like one of my quarantine projects is watching all of Grey's Anatomy. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting how I respond to different episodes. And for anyone who doesn't know, Grey's Anatomy started when 
I was in college and I am not in college anymore. And so, but that's how long, like from college to my thirties, I have watched the show. So obviously very different life spaces from 18 to Mm thirties. And it's funny that I remember watching episodes and feeling a certain way at the time. And now I'm having a very different reaction. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's just interesting that I think you're right. And the things that, can still stay, but almost evolve with you. Mm-hmm. Um, I know even like with Billy Joel, there are songs now that have become more significant than they were the first time I heard them just because of different life experiences. Right. And so it just evolves with you, even though the significance itself might not actually change. Right, yeah, really interesting. Well, thank you all who shared, whether yeah. we read your story or not. And thank you for listening. We hope that you can find something similar to ground you during this time or to even just bring you joy, right? It doesn't even need to be that significant, but something that'll just make you smile. Mm-hmm. And remember that there was a time before coronavirus and there will be a time after, or even just if you're going through a difficult time in general, it doesn't have to be a global pandemic. <laughs> it can be yeah. something a little more minor than that. But think about using something like this to just get you through in the moment and just kind of take you back to another place and gain the strength to remember that it will pass and there will be a time where you're not in the middle of a crisis. Yeah. And and also just, you know, just to add to that, like if you're having trouble thinking of ideas of things to try out or listen or watch or whatever, use this podcast as inspiration. Try out some of the things we've mentioned. See what it does for you. Billy Joel, specifically, is probably the best one that we mentioned here today, like objectively speaking. So go with that. Or, you know, other things if you want, like if you want to hear the frog song, that could be cool. I'm going to listen to the frog song because I just want to hear what the hell that is. You're going to have to sit still for like seven minutes. I don't have to sit still to listen to music. All right. (laughs) That's not going to (laughs) happen, really. Well, whatever you choose to try or revisit something that you experience and brought you a lot of joy, we hope that you enjoy the rest of your day. And thank you for listening. If you want to share more about music, movies, TV shows, books, whatever that made an impact on you, we would still love to hear stories. You can find us at Viva Wellness NYC on Instagram and Twitter. And we look forward for you to join us at the next podcast episode. In, for, on? That was feels like the wrong preposition. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay, though. I don't know. I don't know which one feels better, but at doesn't feel right. You can chat to us about that, too, if you have a suggestion. <laughs> Join us next time. It'll be great. Bye. Bye.